Hello, everybody, and welcome to 99 Potions, the 99th episode of our popular podcast, just called Potions. I'm Stephen Strum, one of your hosts here again <laughs> with Fanbyte.com. I'm the managing editor of Fanbyte.com, but I'm not the only person who works at that company because I'm also joined by Head of Media, John Warren. I You have a different name now. No, a it's different fine. Title. Head of Media is fine. Now, okay. I'm, kind of, I'm sorry to own it. You know what I mean? Like, okay. it doesn't make sense, really. No. But I'm starting to own it a little bit. I've definitely emailed a person yesterday with the first line, Hi, I'm John Warren, head of Fanbyte Media, and I felt very important. Um, That's good. That was a good bit, Steven. I did, was yeah. that off the cuff? Because like we just now decided that you were going to do this intro, and you just came up with that. It's very good. Yeah, that was off the cuff. That's um, very good. Sort of my podcasting secret is that I use all of my entertaining energy in kind of like one big spirit bomb at the beginning and then have nothing left in the tank for the rest <laughs> of it. That's not true. That's sort of a reverse true. Mark Henry situation. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure makes a great deal of sense to all the RPG fans out there. RPG fans like Natalie Flores, featured writer for fanby.com. Yeah, it didn't make sense to me. So anyone out there who didn't make sense for, I got you. I am uh, your representation on this podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah. Finally, the representation. It's I gotta you. represent it's one the most, person. Yeah, the most marginalized class, gamers. You gotta represent right. them. <laughs> make sure exactly. we have a voice. That's why we started an entire podcast network dedicated specifically to giving a voice to the gamers. And these particular gamers are role-playing gamers because this is our RPG podcast where we talk about all kinds of different role-playing games and what it means to be a role-playing game sometimes. And I think that's going to be one of the major topics of discussion this week as we go into the newest and hottest RPG release. Or is it Paper Mario, the Origami King from Nintendo Entertainment? It's a. I've I've been playing some of this game. Yeah, you just started, right? Yes, this morning. Okay, how do you like it so far? I like it a lot. Um, yeah, I don't know that I'm completely enraptured with it the way that I think a lot of people have been, and I wonder how much that is just like for the first like two days before this game came out, being bombarded with people taking screenshots of maybe all the best jokes uh, from the game. Yeah, didn't That's do it fair. any service, but yeah, yeah. That that's I mean right away I think that's like the thing I noticed about this game and it's and it's pretty consistent across all the Paper Mario games it's just like the writing and the localization specifically is legitimately funny I mean some of the yeah. funniest games writers right now I guess in the industry in, in <laughs> across the entire industry are working at the Paper Mario localization team I feel like right um and it's a really funny game and it's like. I don't know. Did you did you play the did you play like Thousand Year Door and the one for in sixty four? So we talked about this a little bit on fan with the flagship fan by yeah, podcast. You did. Yeah, uh, but I have never touched any of the Paper Mario or Mario RPG, whether or not oh you gosh. count those in the same lineage or not. I've never touched any of them before. This is the first one. Natalie, have you played any of these? I think I've briefly played one and i can't remember which one it was it was like well it left a huge impression on you yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah my experience is pretty much nothing 
But yeah. I have heard this one is really funny, and I'm interested in hearing if there are like specific jokes that you remember because everyone that I hear playing it is both tired because it seems so long, but also yeah. they keep saying it's so funny. It it like that so I think that's like two things that I think are worth discussing is one I I think this game gives a like a pretty good first impression but it's long and it's one of those things where like I I think I I can't tell if I'm five hours or ten hours in <laughs> and like just off the top of my head I couldn't tell you um because not not that I've like. You know, not that I've like blinked and then it's just been so good that like uh, I lose track of time, but more of just like there's just a lot to do. There's like a lot to do. Right. And, and every place is kind of dense in like what you can do. Um, and a lot of that has to do with like interacting with this kind of papery world. And like, you know, a few of us have had multiple conversations across a few days about this, but like the series used to just be very much like. Okay, Mario is flat, and there are maybe a couple paper jokes, but the paper aspect of it is kind of like an aesthetic and less of a like a world building device, if that makes right. sense. Yeah, totally. And in in Origami King, it is like the entire conceit of of this game is right. like it it is taking the paper Mario. Uh, idea and and making it as literal as possible, um, which I think has like some good effects and some bad effects, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, so far I can basically speak to what I've seen in the first like maybe hour and a half, two hours of it, yeah. which is, you know, the as a little bit of context here, um, Princess Peach gets folded into origami by a new villain called King Ollie, uh, and. Being folded into origami in the Paper Mario world seems to turn them basically into zombies. It kind of acts like a mind control <laughs> sort yeah. of situation. Um, and he starts doing that. Ollie starts doing that to the rest of the Mushroom Kingdom, to a bunch of Goombas and Koopa Troopas and all your favorite friends from the Mario Kingdom. And uh, they attempt to do it to Bowser. Bowser gets folded into kind of this like little paper football shape that kind of bounces around. <laughs> and it's very funny and cute. Um, it has a lot of really good gags about how like I've been through worse, which I thought was very <laughs> which funny. Is very good. Yeah. Uh, anytime Bowser and Mario interact in a way that is not just like fighting each other, I think is actually like incredibly good. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Like, yeah. And actually that is, I think, one of the strongest places that this game takes a lot of things is like having characters interact in sort of um, in authentic or off brand ways for the mainline Mario games. Um, there's it's a lot definitely more off brand. Yeah. Like, yeah. and even the, uh, the producers of the show, which I mentioned a few times on a couple other shows, so I won't go too far into it, but like the producers of that game have given an interview recently. That's basically like, Hey, after we made uh Sticker star, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto basically told us to cut it out with, like, uh, introducing new elements to the Mushroom Kingdom, which, yeah. like, and especially, like, new villains that, like, would change, would interact with the Mushroom Kingdom in a way that they, the main team doesn't approve of, right. or, like, ways that, you know, don't completely transform the Mushroom Kingdom, and it's, like, uh, that that in some ways that read to me is like oh we're kind of hamstrung in what we can do but in the other ways it's like ah it kind of leads you to maybe make 
more free decisions in other ways. So like, I don't know the the entire vibe of the paper Mario series is very much like, you know, this ain't your, this ain't your granddad's Mario in some right. ways where, yeah, like in this one, especially all the flat characters, even, even, even characters you're normally supposed to fight with. If you're flat, you're basically on the same side. Right. Um, which, which introduces some really funny conversations and stuff like that. So totally like I, it feels to me cause I know that the last two paper Mario games were received very poorly color splash and sticker star. I think, yeah. uh, for specifically for that reason, like, yeah, it sounds like basically Shigeru Miyamoto really does not approve of like people outside of kind of his inner circle kind of introducing new things to, uh, his baby. And yeah, uh, that really, I remember having not played those games, I remember one of the chief complaints being like, it's all fucking toads. There's just nothing but toads <laughs> here because we're not allowed to introduce new characters. There, um, there are, and, and, and in Origami King, there are a billion fucking toads. Yeah, it there is, are a lot of fucking toads. There are a lot of toads. But I think they've, you know, after maybe stumbling around trying to work within those constraints, I think, like you said, John, I think, um, what's the what's the phrase that... Um, not restraint, but um, limitations breed innovation kind of thing like that. Yeah. Um, and in this case, I think like, very early on, there are a lot of sort of meta jokes about how everybody fucking hates toads. And like King Ollie uh, <laughs> specifically is like, I've got to get rid of these goddamn toads. Don't you think toads are just the worst and should shut the fuck up and not talk <laughs> anymore with their creepy voices and uh, like armies of uh, identical dudes like uh and so a lot of the game is just you rescuing toads that are basically being like mutilated and tortured it's we it's oh weird it is weird uh natalie just so you know like when someone mm -hmm. is being folded uh there are like several instances of like a visual gag of someone watching it happen but all you can see are shadows of it mm -hmm. happening <laughs> and so it's this very much like this kind of horror thing there's also another s scene where like a shy guy who is folded uh, is like attempting to manually fold a toad and he's like halfway through the job and the toad is just like folded in half his legs are basically on his face <laughs> and he's just kind of like you rescue him and the toad is like you know what i can jump higher now that i'm like springy like this <laughs> um and like that's funny um ollie uh, all, Ollie has a sister named Olivia, which is basically your Nav, your Navi, basically your Link companion. Olivia, that, yeah, yeah, that basically, yeah, exactly. That basically just tells you what's going on, and um, and her whole deal is like she doesn't really, she doesn't really understand the autonomy of like people. She just kind of sees like paper and objects and is worried about them. Like Luigi loses his hat at one point. <laughs> And uh, like, like she basically just thinks that Luigi is the hat essentially, and like oh doesn't God. understand that like Mario is missing a human being, a brother that he needs to rescue. <laughs> so there's just some like really like, I guess that's the other thing is like the the trailers and a lot of the early screenshots do uh, have been like you know posted before, but like even though I had seen it before, the opening conversation between you and folded Princess Peach is like. Uh -huh so fucking funny to me like because she's just like will you will you be one with the folded will you and i'm just imagining princess fucking peach mm -hmm. saying this and it was like I, I don't know it's just it is very very good the way they subvert a lot of the extremely tired tropes of that of that overarching series so it's good yeah 
and I, I wonder too sometimes if like the this is how they were able to kind of get past the constraints like maybe there's a mix of like hey we did two games doing the thing where you said like hey could you take the story out that was another thing from that Miyamoto quote that was passed around in that interview a while ago was like he recommended that they take the story out of the RPGs <laughs> which is right. like the thing that everybody loves about those games is the yeah. is the storytelling yeah. and the writing um, now, now Natalie what's an RPG god that's so hard to define Nowadays, um, what isn't an RPG these days? That's very fair. I think that's uh, fair. Yeah, it just looks like a lot of different things nowadays. I mean, Assassin's Creed, uh, the series famous for uh, having uh, the last two games that were supposed to have just like women protagonists. And God, that story was wild, huh? Yeah, uh, that's an RPG series now, basically. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, I guess how I would define it is like, there are like anything with RPG elements with like a progression system, I guess, and that you can customize your character to some extent, even if they're not like an avatar character. Right. Uh, but that's expanded to a lot of different things now. And it's interesting because like, I think I agree with that definition, but when, when reviews for Paper Mario, the Origami King started coming out, uh, mm-hmm. people were pretty quick to say, all right, yeah, this isn't an RPG. So, you know, it's it's like it's like the last couple games. It's not really an RPG. And and I guess what I've realized is and, and maybe I've really softened my uh, borders about what an RPG is, because mm-hmm. there really isn't a progression system in this game. There there is uh you know an accessorizing system that basically changes some of the mechanics and like you know extends how much time you have to do certain things which we can get into um but like i i still have not i've played you know many hours you know several hours of this game and still believe it to be an rpg i i don't know like yeah it just feels maybe to me an rpg is is a combination of exploration mechanics and mm-hmm. uh it's exploration mechanics and narrative that like in a certain combination passes a certain threshold where i'm like oh this is an rpg um and i think mechanically it the, a lot of that rpg formula is not being uh a lot of the rpg formula is not being like uh added into by mechanics it's more of the exploration and narrative and kind of like the the overarching like story of of the game so i don't know it's like it's 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 a debate that like i feel like is is fairly meaningless but to your point exactly natalie that like everything Mm -hmm. is kind of becoming an rpg um but i don't know i guess i was pleasantly surprised that like i picked this up and i was like ah it's more of an rpg than people said yeah i don't know Mm mm-hmm and yeah, it's weird because I think the obvious or the old argument would have been like an RPG is a game with progression. But yeah, literally every game has progression. now. Yeah. And, yeah. And progression can take many different forms. Like progression can be you learn how to tackle an obstacle better. Like, the you know, is the witness. The witness is a bad example of anything because that game sucks. <laughs> but <laughs> is the witness an RPG in the sense that you like you as the player learn more like tricks and tools that allow you to progress that you didn't have before, you know, is monster hunter 
a RPG just because you level up your gear and that has the same function as leveling up like a level in Dragon Quest. It's just detached from your character in a different way. Like, yeah, it's video game genres as a whole are a very, very, very tricky, very un like unstructured thing at this point and i think like what an rpg is in a lot of ways is kind of what we decide they are i mean that's true of anything though right like it's yeah. language yeah so what we're trying to say is that next week's episode is about tetris Thank yeah <laughs> oh tetris rpg uh hmm. tetris rpg that's honestly all right tm 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 okay tm 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 tetris, tetris company RPG. don't sue us we're gonna do this <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take it over um tetris effect yeah. is the hardest rpg that i've ever played i i've been stuck on the second level for like a month i wow. haven't gone back it's tetris rough. effect is hard i watched i've never played it still but i i want the easiest mode and i can't make it past the second stage like i've tried wow. beating my head against the wall for like i don't know like five hours and then i just haven't gone back to it because i'm like oh that's too difficult but what if when you get to level two, you got a sword? And then you God. use the sword to Tetris. Um, Jordan's we, very good at Tetris. I'll ask Fedona Tap for help next Fedona time. Tap. Fedona <laughs> Tap. Gosh, she's doing, she she's doing so great. She's podcast's mascot. We I, stand her. <laughs> I have to make her so powerful. I haven't played that in days. I need to go back there. I need to go back to that. And you have a really good excuse. Uh, I, am I am committed, though. I did make it out of uh, Gridania or Gridania or whatever. Um, I finally did, like, uh, venture out. Uh, John, I've been playing that game for, like, six years, and I still couldn't tell you how Gridania, Gridania is pronounced. Yeah. Well, Gridania, I couldn't tell you how. But I pronounce everything wrong. So. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't tell you how most of this. Like, when the first time they said Luminissa. 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 Yeah, Whenever we can they say that, but time, not like, Gridania, oh. Gridania. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> because we didn't start in that starting city, in which case we didn't get the uh, opening narration that was like Limsalominsa. Yeah, a port I'm an old dog girl. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's in the hyper-capitalist state of Olda. Wow. Natalie is a capitalist. This is what wow. we call first <laughs> a centrist, a capitalist. Nikki committed lesbian erasure the other day. Like <laughs> at Fanbyte, we just were in all the right stances lately. Wow. It doesn't matter what we categorize Mario as, if it's an RPG or not, because I categorize Fanbyte as canceled. Whoa. <laughs> um, cancel culture comes for us all. Finally. I mean, like, you know, we, we are like one episode of any of our shows away from just being like... <laughs> <laughs> just, just thrown into the sun. Yeah, I, you uh -huh. know, it's uh, it it feels like we're there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I love the series a lot, Natalie. Why haven't you gotten into it? And what can I do to convince you to start playing Paper Mario? Oh God, I just don't tend to play many Nintendo first. games. I feel yeah, like I need like a really compelling story to keep me engaged, and yeah. I don't really find that with nintendo games all that much like they're more about a lot of them are more about fun for me so like fire emblem um three houses like i just like marathoned that and 
but that had like a really engaging story or not really the story arguably but the characters were really good and memorable so uh I mean, kind of looking yeah. at the tapestry of, like, the games that seem like Natalie bangers, it yeah. seems like you really need a lot of that, like, high-level character interaction. I do, because then yeah. it's really hard for me to get engaged if it's just about the gameplay. Like, I... I, I Breath of the Wild was fine for me, but <laughs> I'm not, like, a... Yeah, I'm not, like, a puzzle exploration kind of gal that, like focuses on that more than anything um yeah the last game before that i also got uh, super mario odyssey and that was like fine and i didn't play it for long like they just don't really capture my attention even though yeah. nintendo games can be really fun so i don't know i don't really i don't really get a lot from the nintendo catalog uh That's so fair. paper mario isn't something that i've dabbled into very much and okay. i've heard that this one is really good but nothing even makes me consider like oh maybe i should play that yeah. um especially since <laughs> i have other games that i need to play and write about but our collective backlog right. is increasing with every day yeah so it's like mm, i don't like it's it's not for me i guess and yeah that's I think that's fair. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, you're definitely right that, like, I don't, I don't think Nintendo has ever, outside of three of uh, of Fire Emblem, they really don't do multi-character drama. They just don't. Um, yeah, like even series like Animal Crossing that I really love, I I have even more fun just enjoying them from a distance. Like, yeah, by the end of the I month that I played, me. yeah, the, by the end of the month that I was still playing New Horizons, I think I've had the most fun writing about it in the last few weeks that I've been like interviewing people who post really cool stuff on Reddit and other places about their own islands. But it's not like it It really keeps me... Yeah. Like, they pull me in, but for me to stay, it's a little more difficult. And it relies entirely on really strong character and story drama. Yeah. And Nintendo games don't tend to have that. So. Yeah, they don't have that as a backbone. I mean, it, it really is Fire Emblem and that's it. Um, and... Even then, like some of those, some entries of that game don't do it as well. I think Three Houses did it significantly well. better than every yeah. other entry, from what I know. Like just a yeah. huge jump. Um, yeah, I think the closest one that came to Three Houses was Fire Emblem Awakening. I saw yeah. all my friends playing that and like really falling in love with the characters, but it's a relatively recent shift in the Fire Emblem series that I think has ultimately saved it. Um, yeah, Awakening oh, in particular. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. That, that series was almost... I think they were... I, if yeah, I, that was like the last... Serves. Yeah, yeah. They were like, oh, if, if this one doesn't do well, we're just going to cut this series. And that it did spectacularly well, right? Yeah, because they decided... They discovered that people really liked um, dating sims. Oh, actually, oh yeah. I, I'm honestly stunned that Nintendo decided to lean into that. Because often they'll they'll see a thing that people really like you know like uh being able to i don't know freely play a, a multiplayer game competitively like <laughs> some, or like you know whatever like they'll see a thing that people love about their stuff and they'll be like "Ooh, 
we should probably kill that immediately. But with, <laughs> right. uh, with Fire Emblem, they they were like, oh wow, y'all 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 want to smash these guys together and make them kiss? All right, we could do that, I guess. What if we made a mobile game where you could roll money for them, and then when they got <laughs> hurt in combat, they wore bikinis? <laughs> and also, especially that they let you romance girls as girls and guys as guys, so uh, yeah, Fire Emblem Three I mean, Houses a, can do so much better with oh, the yeah, guys. Like all of them particularly. can. Yeah, so much That's better. That's a very surprising. recent development. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, very recent. Um, all right, well, you know, you know, if you ever want to get into it, Natalie, if you're ever like, listen, I'm so tired of these multidimensional characters, like really, really like getting in depth with each other and having interpersonal drama. I really just want flat Mario. Uh, <laughs> I want flat Mario to talk to Goombas uh, with good music. Uh, I can get you into Paper Mario. It's pretty gotcha. good. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Yes. But uh, it, it is long, Steven. I don't know if yeah. you've noticed that. I mean, I know you just started, but like, I, I think getting to the getting to the first like indication that you have to go to these five distinct areas and do all this stuff. That took a while already. And I, I was like, ooh. and then Colin is writing guides for us uh, for Paper Mario and uh, yeah, I don't know if y'all know, uh, 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 guides, writer, staffer, Colin McGregor, uh, yeah, we've heard plays, of him. plays a mm -hmm. lot of video games when he has to like do guides for them. And I am genuinely shocked at how, how I, he has played so much of it. And he's not that far through the guide process. Like there have other been game. There have been other games that have come out like last of us two. We wrote guides for that, where it's just like bang, 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 tons of guides. He's making a lot of guides, but like it is, this game is long. He is he is no, noticing that like he's maybe one of the farthest people into this game that didn't get it ahead of time. Right. Um, yeah, he sounded really That's, tired every time that he's brought it up, just like in a way that he hasn't with any other games. It's true, so. like so. Not I'm even Last of Us too. He also yeah. did guides for that, and there was like a a big discourse around how it's very how long, long it and right. the pacing and all that. Um, yeah. But I'm not seeing it with Super Mario. Like, not seeing it that much. I mean, I've been, yeah. I've been playing the original N64 one on stream, and I think I've, I think we've done, like, three episodes of that. I should get back to it. But, like, I'm, like, more than halfway through the game, and it's, you know, it's, like, seven hours in or something. And, like, yeah, that feels right. I don't know. This Paper Mario is apparently like 30 hours long, you know? Um, it's, just, it's just a lot. And like, Steven, I, I, do you, are you good with the puzzles? Let's talk about the puzzles for one second and we can move on. Are you talking about the combat puzzles? or The, the combat puzzles, puzzles yes. Uh, are there different types of puzzles? There are a couple. Oh, well, like the environmental puzzles are basically just like, hey, there's a room in here that you can't immediately get out of you have to like hit your hammer on a thing and then jump up here there are other like puzzly puzzles but like I, I don't know they're mostly just like environmental like find find a thing that'll get you outside essentially mm -hmm. um which is very paper mario to like just explore your immediate environment to find a thing that'll that'll get you what you need but the battles in this game natalie i don't know if you've seen it but it's like no i haven't it's not, it, it is turn-based, but it's not, basically all you're doing is rotating a series of discs, 
and lining enemies up and the the strategy is all in lining them up if you don't line them up before you have to like attack you you don't do full damage and then they have a a chance to counterattack you and so the 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 combat is basically just doing this weird like circular shifting puzzle to make all the enemies be in the same place oh my god yeah do you think this helps in any way with seeing it as an RPG? Just like that classic turn-based combat that people have really come to associate with RPGs over the years? I think because Super Paper Mario was the one on Wii, which was all action. If there mm-hmm. was no no like turn-based thing. Yeah. I think the turn-based thing does help with that, but also it it is it is so much more a think on your feet puzzle game than mm-hmm. a than a you know a traditional turn based role playing game. I'm Got very it. bad at those puzzles. I'm very um, bad at all puzzles if it makes you feel better. Yeah. Yet another I, hurdle that you have to overcome in getting me to play this. <laughs> I stay I, away I'm from platformers, stu- puzzles, all that stuff. I'm very stupid, Natalie. I'm I'm big stupid. Like I purposely like there are some really cool indie games that I would love to check out, but then I hear the word puzzles, and I'm like, hmm, that sounds a little, yeah. hmm. It sounds yeah. like something for a smart person, and that's not really <laughs> me. <laughs> I just, I want all my, I want all my friends to kiss each other, and I want to hit something with a sword. I don't really need all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm like big stupid, a big bye, and like that's it. Like that's just <laughs> my brand. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Steven, how do you uh, like the puzzle system? Are are you as stupid as I am? Um I don't know if maybe they just get way more difficult as you go in, but so far one of my chief complaints is that they are too easy. <laughs> wow, Steven with the big brain. You know, I think, just uh <laughs> I got one brain cell, but it's a real big one. It's, it's a, a real big puzzle it, brain cell. Mm-hmm. Um, Dedicated to one specific thing, and it's sliding tiles. We're just here talking about how stupid we are, and then Steven's like, well. well let me it. tell you about our a little bit but too easy you. for me. But I think that's, but I think, like, I think that's the interesting <laughs> contrast, because, like, like it does see, it does seem like there are a lot of people who don't have an issue with it. Like Nikki and I, and it sounds like Natalie would also be in this camp. Yes. We're both like being handed these like easy puzzles. Like I agree with you, Steven. There's not a lot of variety in the puzzles so far. Um and I haven't like the boss fights are a little bit different when where you're basically trying to build almost a like a Candyland board game of like uh-huh. path of least resistance to get to the boss instead of the other way around um which is like kind of interesting it's definitely a different like flavor of of the combat system but like even the puzzles that like repeat themselves like there there are two ways you can do things you can rotate these these rings or you can shift one of the slots uh perpendicular with like the row that's behind you. So like if you're facing the like a line of Goombas and there's a Goomba behind you and three Goombas in front of you, you can basically shift that exact like line so that then all the Goombas are in one singular line. Right. And like if one of those elements is combined with the other, my brain just goes like, nah, you're good. You should go play <laughs> something else. Like that's what 
<laughs> That's what my brain does. I'm uh-huh. very stupid, I think. Um, <laughs> I think what they've done here largely is actually kind of really interesting. I'm still not 100% sure how much I think it works because I think... I think it kind of, uh, the turn, not the turn base, the, the timer system sucks, right? Um, yeah. I, I think that has been one of the more divisive elements of the puzzles in this game. Yeah. Um, and I think it would be better if they just made, like, more intricate versions of these sliding tile things that, like, gave you the limited turns like they do in this. Like, you have a limited number of actions and attempts to, like, um, cir- like uh, to rotate these discs and to uh, move them back and forth. Uh, yeah. If they just did that and had made those more interesting instead of just like brute force, like, well, how do we make this challenging? Put a 20 second timer on every single turn. Um, right. That would be better. But at the same time, what I see them doing is, like you said, John, the path of least resistance thing. That is what a lot of modern day turn based RPG systems are like. That's Persona. That's um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know? And what they've done is basically make a very abstract version of that. And I think. Or, or an unabstracted version of that, I guess, is actually the better way to phrase it, because it's just like, here's just a visual representation of putting these enemies into exactly the right groups that you want, as opposed to, like, remembering, okay, this one is weak to nuclear, so if I use my, you know, nuclear character first, then I can use fire, then I can shoot a gun, and then if I do it in this exact turn order, everybody will get a baton pass, and they'll do more damage, and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> um, whereas this is just like, uh, you know what, you know, pieces on a game board look like right what if you just made those line up right and i think that is meant to because this game actually feels sometimes like it's trapped in a little bit of limbo like it can't quite decide is this meant for kids is this meant for adults is this like a family game and i think the puzzles like are some of the place where it really can't decide um what it wants to be because they are very what's that that's a mood yeah, <laughs> just trapped in limbo like the rest of us. In can't decide. Yeah, can't decide what I want to be. Paper Mario. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. yeah go. No. Am I two D? Am I three D? Am I both? <laughs> Should uh, I be folded yeah. this way? Should I be folded that way? <laughs> right. Yeah. Never straight though. Always folded. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guess the way to the, the, the like my kind of final point on is that I feel like the. Um, the timer is a way to add stress to this that tries to make it feel like it's, you know, making it a little bit more complex for older players, but then you can just also skip that because you, to extend your timer, you just need coins and you have 10 trillion you coins at all times. fucking a million coins in this oh, game. Oh, I wish that was me. The exchange, yeah. <laughs> the exchange rate in this there. game is the, what is the economy in the Mushroom Kingdom right now? <laughs> like, what happened? What happened well, to the economy? 99 coins is a life. I mean, it's it's unbelievable what the economy has done. In the original Paper Mario, you would get maybe two, three coins a battle. With a boss battle, you might get fifteen coins if you successfully complete one of these uh, one of these puzzles without making a mistake. You get like four hundred coins uh-huh. a battle. You get you you face mini battles. You will hit blocks that just give you a thousand coins. Uh-huh. It is. It is I hammered on this tree and it dropped a bag of money, and now I'm like I have enough to basically cheat my way through the rest of this game. It's it's really remarkable, and like even when you pay for even when you pay for more time, it's not like that much. Mm. Um, and then there, I there's haven't also, done it yet. So there's also a mechanic where um, I, I don't know if you've collected the toads yet. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the toads basically are there 
to basically like create shortcuts for you in battle. Like they all watch mm. your battles from the rafters essentially. Yeah, and you like can. bleachers get summoned whenever you go into combat. Yeah. Yeah. And so like basically you just go in the middle and all these codes. And I think I might be wrong, but like, I think they're actually being populated with the exact number that you've gotten. I like, think you're right. I think, which is amazing. Like, so cool. eventually you will have completely full rafters if you collect all the toads, which is really cool. Um, but what's hilarious about them is that like they, the, you've re- you've, you've a sense you've, you've saved their lives yeah. from a, uh-huh. uh, an eternity of origami misery. And the first thing they do is they come to you and they're like, Mario, we love you. Thanks for saving us. In battle, we'll help you if you pay us. <laughs> and then he like runs away and, and Olivia's like, ah, shit, away. that motherfucker. You don't so respect like, the at, hustle. At yeah. The be- yeah, exactly. At the beginning of every battle, I just love the idea that all these toads are in the audience like, yeah, let's go, Mario. And then like to the to themselves, they're like, I hope they pay us. <laughs> pay us, Mario. And then, a- and then... <laughs> And then you throw them coins and they like come like beat the shit out of Goombas for you. It's a weird, it's it's a weird dynamic they've created between the Toads and Mario in this one. I love that but the Toads are just like, it. fuck exposure work. Like, you saved my <laughs> life, but I need to get paid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like Mario's tweet. literally like, uh, please a clap. Like, they, they're, they're there to cheer him on, so he's like p- playing the money, paying the money to do it. It's just, yeah. There's some extremely vocal toad with just like a, a fucking 87 tweet thread of just like not working for exposure. I'm so tired of this shit. Toads don't get any respect. We're done. We we are now working for 100 coins per punch we throw at, at Goombas. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just a really it, that is also a very funny detail in that game that is woven into the mechanics itself. Yeah. So um, it, it woven into the mechanics and also feels like a way of them kind of finding their footing with the limitations that they have been given where, yeah. well, we're going to have a fuckload of toads. What if we like use the fuckload <laughs> of toads as like an imagery spectacle, like a sense of spectacle? Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is I think is a really good call. Um, yeah, it's cute. It is pretty cute. It is pretty cute. Um, I guess I want to ask, like, what? I was going to say, and then later they get fucking body horrored, apparently, in that (laughs) disco section with the whole Oh, yeah. Yeah, they they don't got faces in one section, which is weird. Yeah. Because the villain's whole thing is that, like, he hates toads and thinks that they should be silenced forever, so he, like, literally starts, like, punching out their faces so they can't speak. I think the funny thing is, is that Ollie is like, I really can't stand toads. But what I'm really getting from the vibe of this game is the writers of Paper Mario can't also stand toads, right. which is very funny. Um, or or they are tired of people saying that they can't stand toads in the comment sections of reviews of former Paper Mario <laughs> games. And they're like, yeah, you, you know what, motherfucker? You try working with the guy who made Mario. You try fucking telling him no. You try to tell him that you want to make a cool penguin or something. You try you try being in meetings where we see some guy in America tweeting a picture of Toad wearing under underwear. Ah! 
and, and fucking having week-long conference calls about what to do, how to respond to toad in men's underwear with hairy legs. What do we do, <laughs> what to about, do about this? What do we do about this good toad? What do we do about a polygon staffer making 10 fucking videos about toad with his ass hanging out of underwear? Like, you trying to be in our shoes for a, a fucking day. That's kind of the vibe I get from the whole toad stuff that's happening. Which, like, if that's Pat Gill's legacy, that's fucking incredible <laughs> to get to get to get pay for Mario writers to start like actually having fun with the toads. It's a yeah. I don't know, that's a pretty no, good it's legacy. totally great. Yeah. Uh, oh, I thought for a moment I thought that was a pun, like totally great, and I was like, wow, Steven, <laughs> big brain just keeps on going. Totally. You know, you could have you could have just said. You could have said, wow, that was a really good joke. And then I could have rolled with it. We could, could have just yes-anded there. Totally. But <laughs> we could have totally just kind of synced up there. But No, no I don't want you to totally get any didn't. wins after me and John were like, we're stupid. And then you were like, oh, <laughs> and then well, you were like, well these are actually much coasted. too easy for me. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, uh, but this is this is coming from someone. Like, I, I can't do inventory management in Monster Hunter. So, like, mm. you know, like, I... If a mechanic throws me anything that is that is difficult to imagine for more than like one second, if I'm just like, oh wow, there's too much effort here. That's me. Yeah. Oh, that's a mood. That's which is which is embarrassing, but whatever. All I'm gonna say is that I was very high last night, and I started playing this this morning and still didn't have any trouble. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on with you guys over there, um, but I haven't had any. I, I'm just, I look at these puzzles, and I'm actually kind of bummed out because uh, they do the thing that I feel like Wii U era Mario games got a lot of flack for, too, and including some of the... Uh, Paper Mario games, which are um, just beating you over the head with tutorial stuff, yeah. where they like explain the sliding tile thing to you, and the they then immediately in the next battle explain the sliding tile stuff to you again with the same puzzle solution, and then yeah. like add one more wrinkle. But you have yeah. to listen to Olivia explain the entire thing over again, and it's just like my brain is too big for this. Like <laughs> I can, uh, it is a lot. They do tutorialize a lot. That's true. That yeah. is true. Um, what are other funny RPGs that y'all like? Because I feel like, I feel like there are some other funny games, but I don't know off the top of my head. I'm not like, oh man, there are some funny fucking RPGs out there. Yeah, I think, I think when yeah, RPGs get list. caught up in the, in their mission to develop the world, I think a common criticism of games like, for example, like Final Fantasy XIII got a lot of flack for taking itself mm. too seriously. And it's a hard balance to strike because you're trying to develop this world, you're trying to make it believable, but you also don't want to take yourself like so deathly serious that there's no room for levity and yeah. that is part of the world building too just because that's just how things work like not everything is like super serious i think divinity original sin 2 strikes it really really well and it's a huge game so like to its merit like it can pull it off but i think it's so good at being hilarious and like different ways just the narrator is really witty um the voice acting is impeccable and i specifically like hearing the animals talk like the voice actor for a chicken will sound like a chicken 
Um, and it just oh, it's... so there there's a skill in that game where you can talk to animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so oh, their yeah their good. noises will go from like you know incoherent like and then they'll actually start talking, but like they'll be like I don't know, like. I can't butcher no, the No, now you gotta do it. No, 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 no. Now you gotta do it. You're like, oh, they, they sound like a car. I know. Now what they, now what do they sound like? And I'll, uh, and like the voice will be like, and I'm so tired. No, no, actually, no, that was bad. No. Oh my God. No, but like they're, they're so funny and so good. <laughs> I mean, I can I, I can just... only do a Pikachu imitation, so it's <laughs> very good. No. Uh, I I just beat this game obviously like a couple weeks ago, and I one of the ones that stood out to me was uh, Natalie. If you need a if you need some uh, reminder, mm-hmm. is the crab that you meet on the yes. first island? Oh my god! Yeah. Yes. Because <gasps> um, in that game, everybody is like a sorcerer, or like most of the important characters are sorcerers, like yeah. S O. U R C E sorcerer, and that that's like a born like ah oh, they they're tapped into the like natural magics of the universe, and you meet this crab who's like I'm the most powerful sorcerer that ever lived. I'm going to kill you all. Yeah. <laughs> and it's this little crab. It's like, um, that's me. And yeah, exactly. Um, and then, like, four acts into that game later, you meet another crab who's just, like, this knight character. He's just like, have you met this evil crab? I've been hunting them for five years. They must be stopped. Their maniacal plans for world domination will not stand. And you tell them they're on a completely different island. And he's like, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Y'all ever think so about how funny. hard it is to, like, write a game that big? <laughs> oh. Yeah. I mean, it uh, nails the funny moments and it yeah. nails the more emotional moments. And it's just so, it's so dense. There's so much writing in that game, like from the tiny like entries in your journal to just the dialogue for basically every living character in there. It's incredible. And I'm already seeing some of the humor in what we've seen of Baldur's Gate 3. And I just think, I just think Larian Studios is really good at balancing world building and seriousness with genuine just funniness and humor and wittiness it's just so good like i I thought divinity was so so funny um and i I think a game that also balances that well is undertale um Yeah. yeah very much so yeah it's just like like it made me sob and then it made me laugh so much and it's just so charming and cute and funny and I don't know. I feel like I'm not the best judge of character on what constitutes it's funny because I never laugh. Like, like I'm just a hag. You laughed at Fedona Tap the first time. I did. I, she is yeah. pretty funny. Yeah, that that was a rare like Natalie, <laughs> like cackle. But like, I don't tend to like. It's very hard for me to find things funny. Like, I'll find something witty. And I'll be like, oh, that's really clever. But all that'll come out on the outside is like a huff of air through my nose. And for me, that constitutes as like, okay, I've shown that I am amused significantly yeah. enough. It's, um, it's, but it's like you show me a funny ele- video and it's really hard for me to laugh, even if I genuinely think it's really funny. It's, so, it's the silent LMAO. Like, you know, I, yes. I think I write LMAO about 20 times a day. Like what's really happening is I'm sitting in my quiet office, just staring at the screen, and I'm just like, 
LMAO. No, and then uh, gaze do the thing where we key smash and we're just like, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm dying. And I'm just like, oh, is that only the gaze? Oh man, I might need to do some. I think it originated from the gaze, but like everyone does it now, which is great because I remember years ago doing it like in my text messages with a local and they were like, why do you key smash? And I was like, um, well, it's like to convey a feeling. Uh, and I didn't know how to like explain it, but now everyone gets it, so it's just like I'm just like oh my it's God. the new LMAO. I feel like when 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 I mean y'all were probably whippersnappers at this point, but when like AOL Instant Messenger was a lot was around, people yeah, I was around write, for like, that. People okay, people would write like haha when they meant like that was funny, but not even like remotely worth actually laughing at. <laughs> but then like LMAO was like oh that did make me laugh, and now it's shifted. Where like yes, if I key smash, it it might mean that I actually laughed at that. Yeah, because yeah. yeah anyway, and then there's an is... art to like how your key smash looks like. Like you, mm. the letters gotta look good together. It's it's a whole thing. Yeah, I'm kind of a one row key smasher. <laughs> no, I like to just like yeah. I I try to mostly do the middle row, but sometimes I yeah get a same. little spicy and you know. Going to other letters, but I'm a I'm a middle row key smasher. Now that I'm looking at my keyboard. Yeah. Anyway, so I I, mm-hmm. I think those games, especially Larian, I I feel like they know, um, that people are in it for the long haul, and it's just like you were saying, Natalie. It's like life isn't just well. Huh, let me be careful. We live in life. Life for a lot of people is not just years and years of misery and no nothing else. You know what I mean? Like it's not just character drama there are moments of levity even if like things are hard um and i think like that's something that i think that studio does understand is like hey you're in this for the long haul if this world is alive and real and even if it's a fantasy setting like you know there is levity to be found um but i don't know i think some games don't do that well though <laughs> like i think you're right about final fantasy 13 where like yeah I, I do think there are a lot of scenes in that game where they try to add levity and it doesn't work. Yeah, right. which is weird because I feel like Final Fantasy is generally pretty good at yeah. inserting those moments of levity. Final Fantasy especially, XIV is really nine. good at doing it with specifically this quest line called the, the Hildebrand, I yeah. think. It's, yeah. yeah. Right. His whole stuff is great. Yeah, and in a lot of ways, just in the main story too, it's really good at humor. Um Final Fantasy VII Remake, I also found really funny. Like, when Cloud and, and Aerith go to rescue Tifa, and then Tifa's like, oh my god, Cloud, is that you? And he's like, okay, yeah, thanks, good, we're moving on after she sees him yeah. in a dress. Like, that that, that was thing. good. Like, yeah. yeah, no, I look amazing. Yeah. Like, his yeah, whole thing. Amazing. <laughs> he's like, I nailed yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> nailed it, got it, right, we're moving on. And it's, it's really good at doing that, and it didn't take away from the moments where the story really goes like deep into like critiquing well, capitalism or like tragedy and you know, well, all I think, those it, I think it heightened ones. those things to me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Right. The, the fact that Aerith and Tifa like wrote fucking roast cloud yeah. all the time in this game, it actually made the moments where they're really there for each other feel more genuine to me than like the original where, yeah. Where like you know that game that game was funny in in parts, but like I think they really fleshed out the interpersonal 
comedy of like knowing a tryhard and you know loving that tryhard but also roasting that tryhard um i don't know i think i think i think you're right i think that game did that well if i had to choose one game that's the funniest for me or like an rpg specifically and that i can recall right at this moment it would absolutely be uh the mass effect 3 citadel dlc like, yeah, I hear, I've heard good things about this. It I've never played it. Oh, it's so good. You need to play it. I like I said, I don't laugh, but that entire DLC for all the like three hours or four or five hours that it is, it's so funny. And then just at the end, like all of that, like John said, like those moments of lightheartedness really just make the moments of tragedy just all the more impactful and the the dlc isn't tragic really in any way like most of it is really funny because part of it you're hunting down someone who is like a clone of you and it's like the way that you play off of that clone is really freaking funny um like the clone at one point like like shepherd's always like gotta go and then the clone at one point is like, I should go. Like, that's Shepard's catchphrase. So, like, and then Shepard just stares at them like, what the fuck did you just, like, do that? And it's just so funny. So that's one half of the DLC. And then the other half, you're organizing a party for you and your friends on the Citadel. Uh, Like, this sort of penthouse that you got. So, like, you could decide how to make the party. Like it could be a relaxed party or it could be like a really a rager, just <laughs> wild party where like your Krogan child grunt ends up in the shower, just drunk, just like rambling mm-hmm. on in the shower as he's just getting soaked on by the shower head. So it's just, and both outcomes are really funny. And by the end you're, you've spent so much time laughing and, enjoying your time with these characters that at the end when you all reconvene together and it's right before the final battle like it, it like i sobbed like it was so i i say that for a lot of things but it was just so emotional and uh, that series is really good at balancing that or at least it used to be i i don't think andromeda was as successful but oh i don't think andromeda was very successful yeah in general one. yeah 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 uh, Jordan's answer for this question is the Old World Blues DLC for Fallout New Vegas, which is uh, pretty funny. Uh, that game, uh, yeah, that game's pretty funny actually. Um, I, I think fall. I think most of Bethesda's games are not funny, but I do think the one time Obsidian did take a spin with it, uh, even though there's a little bit of a dark cloud over that game now, in a way. Uh, but uh, I think that game is really funny. Like they definitely added the old style of uh kind of the wackiness of that series back into the game and uh there were a lot a lot of like good visual gags if i remember correctly um and good writing in that is outer worlds funny oh i you know what i did laugh i did laugh a couple times in that game yeah word i I just i think it's just because like Uh, yeah, there's a really good visual gag early on, like where you you you're told about like being you know met like you're you're basically getting on an emergency shuttle to land on a planet, and like the guy who launched you is like, hey, listen, like this is a really uh, dangerous situation. Um, this guy is gonna meet you. Uh, Captain Hawthorne is gonna meet you and take you on a ship and and take you to safety. This planet's not super safe, but like 
when you meet Captain Hawthorne, like it, it's totally cool. Okay, it's chill. And you land your uh, lander and you get out of the lander and your lander has landed on Captain Hawthorne. And like there's just this like visual gag moment of like, oh, fuck, I killed the one guy. This guy, this guy told me I needed <laughs> to meet up with. And so there is there is some stuff in there that's that's pretty funny. Um, gotcha. I think that game is interesting because I think it's uh, I think it's pretty good. It's the most like pretty good game I've played in the past five years, I would say. Hmm. I don't that's know. Cute. Steven, Steven, you like that game, right? Outer Worlds? Yeah, I liked it fine. Um, I was also in the camp of people that played that game and was immediately um, thrown off by how good Disco Elysium is <laughs> two weeks yeah. later. Uh, which is also a deeply funny game that, that I is probably constitute as an RPG. Yeah. That game, um, the, the humor in that one is that you're basically playing the, like, biggest fuck up in history but <laughs> what you find out is the reason that he is such a fuck up is that he is kind of genuinely a good person most of the time he's just like a personal mess and yeah in a world where a lot of the you know fellow detectives and stuff like that are, are kind of shitty or whatever like he has tried to kind of keep himself like actually you know interested in things like justice and stuff and it has basically completely fried his brain to the point where he gets retrograde amnesia <laughs> <laughs> and goes on a massive bender and destroys his life. Um, there is some really, there is some really good writing in that in that it, game. Totally, totally. Like, there's a lot of really there's a lot of good funny moments. There's a great scene where like you meet these two. So that game is like split up into seven in game days and set on like this kind of basically one block. It gets a little bit bigger as you progress through the game, but it's more or less one block of a city and neighborhood and. For the first, like, two days of that game, you can't go across this bridge to this other neighborhood across the water because they're waiting for somebody to come by and go fix a thing. And you can, up until that point, go and meet the guys who are waiting for the part that they need to fix the bridge. And they're just kind of standing there for two straight days on either <laughs> side of the bridge looking at each other, waiting because they have nothing else to do. And there's a guy and you talk to him and he's like, what are you up to? He's like, waiting for that part. He's like eating a piece of salami or whatever it's just like what's that it's like oh, that's my friend salami where's your friend he's on the other side of the bridge and i'm over here eating his salami <laughs> and you could be like um can i have some salami and he's like absolutely <laughs> and you uh could offer some to your like really straight-laced partner kim uh who is maybe one of the best written characters An in the history of video games. character yeah yeah mm. kim kitsuragi is incredible and he's and, like he looked to him and was like you want some salami and he's like this, like, usually this incredibly straight-laced guy. But as you play the game, he kind of, like, leans into your complete um, manic weirdness and says, like, I think you, you, this might work a little bit. So if, if it throws people off and then I can use my, you know, powers of deduction and stuff like that to um, get stuff out of them after you freak them the fuck out, that works. But then in this one moment, he's like... Yeah, I'll have some salami. <laughs> he just steals like, this guy's salami. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. It. I love salami. Yeah, yeah fuck. <laughs> shit, why not? Uh, and meanwhile, the other guy on the other side of the bridge is like, don't eat all my salami. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's, like, really it's just full of very little, very understated moments of people finding small joy in this fucking horrible sort of um, speculative fiction world. Right. And those moments are very, very funny a lot of time. There or There's also more... Sometimes I will say this is not an RPG, but well, 
Debatable. But <laughs> everything's an RPG. <laughs> everything's, everything's an RPG. RPG. We've established this. <laughs> totally. Uh, but like a, a game I thought for a long time that was maybe one of the funniest like physical comedy games in terms of like immersive comedy. Uh, no, emergent com- uh, comedy is uh, PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. Oh, sure. Um, if I don't know if you guys remember when that game first came out, but like the gifts of people like accidentally yeah. slingshotting themselves off of a motorcycle, then flying T-pose through the air with a shotgun in one hand, killing a guy standing on a balcony and then landing perfectly like nothing happened. Um, immersion comedy like that, I think, is extremely funny. And Disco Elysium also has stuff like that where there was a part in that game where I had to find a way down this building and... It was like, do you want to go look for a way down or do you want to just jump over? And I tried to jump over and um, my cool stat was too low and I only had a 19% chance of success. But I tried. But the embarrassment of fucking up the jump um, because the guy, he like runs up to the edge of the thing. Your main character does. He runs up to the edge and then stops because he's like, actually, no, 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 no. I don't want to make this fucking jump from building to building. That's too much. But the embarrassment of it. Gave him a heart attack and killed him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say, like, there's a really, really funny fucking build that you can make of that character, which I which I do every time I've started a new file of Disco Elysium, where you basically like, uh, you know, I, I think I have my physical stats like down to basically nothing. Yeah, uh, just because I, I like the idea of trying to navigate those worlds without a lot of physical strength. I, I wonder why. Um, but like. <laughs> Uh, I like, there's a really funny moment where you have to collect your clothes, uh, Natalie in this like Mm -hmm. apartment, you have to like pick up your shirt and shoes and you basically just have to find the shit that you left strewn about and you get little like bonuses that are kind of like implied from having a complete outfit and Mm. that your tie is tied around the ceiling fan. And you you're basically like, oh, should I grab the ceiling like the tie off the ceiling fan? And my strength, my physical attribute is at one. And if you don't pass a skill check, you basically like strain yourself hard enough to reach this tie that you have a heart attack and die. Oh so, in the first two minutes like, of the game. In the first minute of the game. And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> okay. You didn't even get far enough to like get an auto save. So let's start the game over. Um, right. Or and the- it's that's very funny. To, oh, that reminds to, me like, of um. Oh, sorry, sorry, there you go. Oh, just to briefly put a cap on that too. Like you said, John, because you get those stat bonuses, you also get stat negatives from some of the clothes. Yeah, uh, that's true. So, like your your stats will be things like laissez-faire and mnemonics, and you know, like they all have different names, but they basically boil down to this is how cool that you are. This is yeah. how good your reflexes are. And my character. Uh, when I did when I did try to do that and then jumped off and died, I had to reload a quick save because I died. Um, but what I was able to do is I was getting a negative to my cool points uh, from my pants. So I took my pants off, oh my had God. him in his dirty, tidy whiteies, uh, like a suit and tie, but just no pants, legs fully out. Uh, then tried to jump down the cliff because that gave me like a 27% chance of success. And sure enough, it worked. So I was because I had my pants off, I was cool enough to make this fucking like flying leap through the air and survive. 
Fucking Harry, oh du- Harry Dubois as Pat Gill's toad <laughs> leaping across the thing. Yeah, it all comes full circle. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Natalie, I didn't mean to no, interrupt. No, no, no. Oh my gosh, no. I just wanted to say that it reminded me of Near Automata, just like the various oh, endings yeah. that that game has, where you can just oh, yeah. die from eating a fish, or uh-huh. like when you're Ninas, like at the beginning of Route B, and you just walk off to nowhere, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, and. Nine S was never seen again, uh-huh. and it's just so it's so funny, it's so unexpected, and I think that game also really nails humor, despite yeah. being maybe what I would say the game that made me feel the most despair. I, I feel oh, like games that yeah. re- really go really hard into that can be some of the funniest as well because they realize the importance of having those moments of levity. Like so much of that game is so funny and charming, yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, There's I just wanted a... to shout out Nier Automata. One of the best games ever. Yeah, totally. God. How is there... I mean, I guess there's that phone game coming, but it is still wild to me that we haven't heard, like, about a near 3, like, a proper near 3 coming. I, I, think I, I feel like we gotta be close. I don't yeah. know. I don't like, know. Some new Yokotaro major AAA project has to be down yeah. the pipe at some point. Yeah, the most that we've gotten is uh, the new content coming out in Final Fantasy fourteen with patch 5.3. Right. We're getting uh, to go to the puppet bunker and activate the next phase of the Yorha Dark Apocalypse raid. So that will be really cool, and I'm really excited about that. And today we just had... If I say so myself, uh, <laughs> I, I got to interview Naoki Yoshida-san last week for and talk to him for almost an hour, or basically an hour in total, uh, about the upcoming patch. And I asked about uh, the changes made to the expansion um, included in the free trial. So like now you can play all of Realm Reborn and all of Heaven's Ward for free. That is ridiculous. Like I am still shocked. And so I asked him about what led to that decision. I asked him about uh, one of my uh, extremely canon lovers in Final Fantasy XIV. (laughs) Asked him about gender expression, character deaths, a bunch of stuff. So y'all should go read that. Okay. It's a, it's uh, very very cool. I got uh to read a little bit of it last night uh before it went up and yeah. uh it, it, it hey you know what the interview goes some places I'll just mm-hmm. say that yeah uh and it's very cool um I'm I'm glad that uh that you did that it's a very good piece so go check it out that is um, also I think a pretty good segue into do we want to maybe just cover a couple of quick RPG yeah. news bars yeah. before we maybe wrap idea. this one up yeah. Uh, because we're hip with the uh, times here at fanbyte.com. <laughs> yeah, so we certainly are. Finally, <laughs> uh, we're up to date on something. Finally, a podcast that talks about video game news, you know? I can't <laughs> yeah. believe it. I, I keep forgetting that like none of our other shows do that, and every single day I spend an hour writing what is a solo endeavor to go over the news, and then I'll listen to some of the other ones. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, y'all know what's going on, huh? I feel like no. I'm the only one that's... <laughs> <laughs> if you get the if you get if you only get your fanbite podcasts and nothing else, like if you don't get to talk to us otherwise, it's like, wow, John must know the most out of everyone, which is not true. Um so anyway. established yeah, through Paper Mario. It's actually Steven who knows mm. everything. Steven does know an awful lot. That is very Yeah, it is true. We just we're just too much fuckle chuckleheads to actually go into any of this stuff. Yeah, it's almost um, like you guys have like other 
other things going on in your life, like, you know, families and pets and uh, school Listen, and, and interesting things. Listen, I, I've, I've got a wife and it's still, I don't, still don't have a life. That's a, that's a <laughs> I feel like I should stitch that on a pillow. <laughs> it does rhyme, so it would it actually be quite nice. I would say. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, there's like a lot of news out. Um, yeah, that Heavensward thing is wild, huh? Like, mm-hmm. I I haven't even gotten uh, even remotely close to that content yet, but that's a <laughs> that's ton of content. Ridiculous. Like, Heavensward is so good, too. Like, it's just the first expansion, but yeah. it is so good. And all the content included in that is just, like, ridiculous. Like, I, I am still astounded that they are being so generous with the amount of content that they're yeah. just sacrificing to put in the starter pack and ultimately they they think it'll bring in more longtime subscribers which is ultimately the most important thing but it's also like you're giving away two final fantasy games basically for yeah, free yeah because every expansion is around 30 hours that's so, wild that's so wild that's am a I, great, is that right that's am i awesome. misremembering stuff steven uh, you know, uh, if you play a lot of the side content and things like the dungeons and raids, you can get way more. Than yeah, you can get way it. more. So it's like you have two Final yeah. Fantasy titles for free, and um, my That's best wild. boy Amerik is in Heaven's Ward, so um, it's just worth it for him alone, honestly. But it's just so good, and I'm just I'm appalled. Uh, it's wild. So nobody has any excuse to not. Play Final Fantasy fourteen, then meet Fedona Tap later on. Yeah. To, to be clear, <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Go, no, go no, ahead, no, Fedona. No, just please join. Please join the Cactuar server and meet uh. I'll set up like a. Oh my god! I'm gonna set up. I'm gonna like have one of those in like a banner in game. That like they put outside of a bookstore when there's a signing. It's like meet Fedona Tap and just like. <laughs> set it up somewhere i think that's a great, great idea. <laughs> anyway go ahead well, i just wanted to say because i think we've talked about this i don't think we said it in as many words what basically is happening is that final fantasy 14 the base game is essentially free to play to anybody who doesn't already have an account and now what they've done is uh expand that basically free to play demo quote-unquote to include the first expansion, uh, Heaven's Word, plus all of the playable classes in that expansion, um, which is basically uh, pff, makes this the biggest demo in history, or pretty oh damn close God. to it. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. can play as a, a different race too. Like now, you can play as an yeah. Alra because the Alra were uh, introduced in Heaven's Word. So, right. and I mean, dragon girls are best girls yeah Uh, the only exception is for donut up but uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's huge i am like i'm just i have no words for it like i'm just kind of like it's the perfect time to really get into this game especially as we uh we near when um patch 5.3 is coming out and that's going to wrap up Shadowbringers and segue into whatever is next um which has undoubtedly been slowed down by the COVID pandemic but um I talked about this in the interview as well with Yoshida-san um they found ways to work around it and by the time that the pandemic started they already had tasks laid out for patch 5.4 which is really wild uh like they just really plan ahead so they're already I'm sure 
just working on yeah of part of 5.4 so whatever's next I, I mean if all things were normal the next expansion would have been revealed this year and then it would have come out next year uh but we'll have to see how that goes and how that progresses but even either way it's just this game has constant content coming out and the fact that people can just play two titles for free is really wild and such a big move for making it more accessible for players yeah yeah well in the other free-to-play mmorpg news um star wars the old republic uh which has been around for god like nine years now yeah it's almost a decade yep um that has made its way onto steam in addition to a bunch of other ea properties uh ea has kind of been uh, not so slowly rolling a lot of their stuff over to steam now and that includes things like steam achievements steam trading cards uh backgrounds that are based on things from the game or whatever i don't think this signals any new content necessarily for the game itself but if you are a died in the wool steam person or just need an excuse to jump back into uh sweetor that is uh still free to play and now it is available through that launcher and it's fully um they sent us a press release that is fully cross play cross save all that stuff so you yeah. can continue to play with other people so that's one of those games that you know every once in a while some new update will come out where i'm like oh okay i'll jump back in because i i was pretty into that when it first yeah. came out and because i just i loved the idea of a an old Republic RPG uh, MMO. And uh, I think like, um, I I think that game is a mixed bag, but I, you know, if you're even remotely interested, there's absolutely no reason not to just try it on steam now, which is very cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's also a game that I think like, like a lot of um, EA projects, the ones that are kind of just left alone that maybe have a somewhat mixed bag of a start or a Rocky start, and then just allow are allowed to kind of, yeah. continue to update like That's get true. better over time that that is true i i feel like i the last time i dropped off was several years ago and right. you know i know some designers over at at the bioware austin studio who you know insist that like no it's really good now if i yeah. weren't so like uh completely uh loyal to fedona tep i might right. step in there and try it but it's gonna be tough to i can't I, there's no universe in which i can install two mmos on my machine i just there's right. no there's no reason but i do want to i do want to check it out eventually so uh um, yeah i've been thinking i almost downloaded it before this but i knew that i wouldn't be able to play enough to say anything meaningful about it that people didn't already know in 2011 so huh yeah. But uh, that the, that expansion kind of series that they did, the Knights of the Fallen Empire and Knights of the Something Throne. Right. I can't remember exactly which one is which. Those are really, really fucking cool, though. Yeah. Like, those are very KOTOR-like single-player affairs that aren't that's just cool. like, here's a bunch of new raids. That's cool. That's very yeah. cool. Uh, Last up, in terms of things, circling back to Final Fantasy stuff, uh bunch of Final Fantasy stuff is on sale on Steam. No, sorry, not Steam. PSN. Yeah. Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9, the best one. Uh, mm, 10, best one. 10, 2, my favorite ones. 12, eh. And Final Fantasy. <laughs> and Final Fantasy 15, which is the worst one. And there, I'll give y'all that. 15 is the worst one. It's not 12. It's 15. 
Yeah, I'm not a fan of 12. I'm not a fan of 15. Oh, you say you're not a fan of 12. I knew it, John. Jordan, edit that out. I did not say that. Oh, thank you. Sweet, sweet validation. (laughs) Love that for me. Um... Yeah, I, I uh, listen. If you're at all interested in Final Fantasy games, um, I you should you should definitely get nine because I love it. But I also I, I I'm also coming around to the idea that like folks should really try ten um, because I, the more I think about that and how tight that narrative actually is, I think yeah. it actually is so unbelievably successful from a character development standpoint and all that stuff, even though there is some goofy shit in that game. Um, and the very Final Fantasy game. That except is true. 13, as we've established. Yeah. It, it takes itself too seriously. But yeah, like I, whenever someone asks me about which Final Fantasy they should start with, my automatic answer is 10. Yeah. And it's like you said, the tight narrative, just or a really affecting narrative too. The music is so good. It, it really... It has a lot of the best things about Final Fantasy while also being relatively uh, accessible. And I feel like it is the easiest Final Fantasy, like I mentioned in a podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, we did talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, that's the one that I always recommend people to start with. And this is... Uh, they're selling the HD remaster, so yeah. better graphics. It's not like... Uh, the original one is on sale. It's the remaster with the updated graphics and yeah. with 10 to accompanying it. So you got two games for basically less than 13 bucks. All these are, that is the most expensive one, I think. Let me like double check, but no, 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 it's, it's 12. Well, it's 12. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, they it's the Zodiac did, yeah. Age. Oh. Yeah. Zodiac Age is, yeah, that's, it's. 25 Listen, they bucks. did a lot to that they they mechanically altered that game in ways that like i get Make why it, it's more uh, expensive yeah it's it's objectively a better game than yeah. like not just from a you know up res situation it's like the zodiac spear quest was made into something like human beings can do uh they added a little bit of content in the <laughs> oh, god challenge yeah tower. the zodiac <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. Remember that shit? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, not on this episode, but in a future episode, I, I want us to read the steps that you need to take to get to the <laughs> I would love to do that, so we'll yes. have to do that someday. Uh, I I'll think just love to make gonna... me suffer. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, just yeah. you'll just psychically suffer when you think about having to do what we what the OG FF12 players had to do to get the <laughs> most powerful weapon in the game. Um. Anyway, uh, it is no longer the most powerful weapon in the game, though, because they added true. a bunch as well as, uh, you know, did that cool stuff with the job system. And that is way better. Yeah, I think that is also going to signal the end of this episode of 99 Potions. Yeah, thank you. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for uh, stopping by to chat about RPG goodness with me once again. With um, with you? What, what about? Oh, no. oh wait! Oh no! You're talking. Of, you're not you're, talking to the listeners. You're talking, talking to, to us. To us. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. talking to you, Natalie Flores, <laughs> human being that I know. Like we've established before, me big stupid. Like <laughs> Stephen is the only one with the like huge brains here, obviously. So. Right. Yeah. I'm. Uh. You know, not the funniest or most entertaining, but I'm the glue that holds no, this whole organization that's not together. True. Mm? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, well, maybe next episode we'll debate that. But for this time, I think we're going to bounce on out of here. Uh, if you like this podcast, you should show your support by going to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever it is that you use, and leaving us a rating and a review. Uh, preferably a positive one because we're so good. But, you know... <laughs> You can do what you want. Either way, it's a free country, I guess. It's a free country, I guess. Still, maybe? Free? Maybe? Can say. I don't know. Maybe. Tough to tell, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you if you like our stuff, the best way to do that is to goose those algorithms by uh, leaving us ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that. And if you like other shows that we do, you can go to fanbyte.com slash podcasts to find all of them and listen to them. I said this on Fan with yesterday, but that page got a refresh the other day, so oh, yeah. it looks a lot nicer now. It does look a lot nicer. You can, you can, yeah. Each show has its own page, and it's, it's, it's really nice. So that's totally that's a big improvement. Uh, if you want to follow us, you can go to Fanbyte Media on Twitter. That's at Fanbyte Media specifically. That is where you will find links to most of our stuff, as well as to some of our streams that we do when we're not podcasting or writing stuff. This Friday, we have another Destiny stream uh, where we are going to be doing a brand new raid. Not a brand new to the game, but brand new to a lot of us. Uh, we've been doing that basically every Friday. So if you want to check that out, that is a fun time. That is something that is scheduled that I can actually point you to and not just our random <laughs> streams that we do whenever we feel like it we do have uh, another one uh 9 a.m tomorrow to uh, uh to, yuck, to yuck along with uh master chief and the good good xbox people so we will be doing one of those stream alongs yeah. for that that's at 9 a.m pacific so you can join us i'll be on that well. one yeah. But by, yeah by the time this gets uploaded that'll probably have passed so uh, i think no, this no, will go up today oh, okay yeah, yeah. word uh, finally, where do people find you if they want to interact with you and kind of just, you know, like create like a parasocial kind of relationship if they <laughs> so choose, John? You can create an uncomfortable parasocial relationship with me over at Floppy Adult on Twitter. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, I look forward to doing it to you and just like thinking Please that do. I know you very well. Mario and Toad's relationship parasocial, you would oh, say, in Paper shit. Mario? I think it is. Mm. I think well, yeah, Mario never says anything, so no one knows, doesn't know anything about it. <laughs> Mario's just DMing Luigi. I can't believe this fucking Toad's talking to me again. Uh, Toad's not willing to uh, look for exposure? Fuck. <laughs> How about you, Natalie? Where can people find your good tweets about perhaps good Toads, but probably about other things, too? Yeah, uh, my good tm tweets can be found at hardymesia that's heart i-m-e-c-i-a i do not tweet about toads because like we've established i do not play paper mario but i relate to toads and stature and uh not working for exposure um <laughs> so yeah you can check that out on twitter beautiful you can find me on Twitter at, at Steven Strum. Thanks, everybody, one last time for listening. I think I've said that about four times now, but we're going to bounce on out we of do here. thank you, though. It's true. Yeah, yeah I appreciate you. it. Yeah. Uh, until next week. Bye. Bye. Stop my recording. <laughs>